0: And the other day I was on X, and I asked everybody if you are Xing. Like, what do we call it when you write on X? Is it an X? Is it Xing? And then if you repost, what is that? Is it just a repost? What are we calling the new things? What is the verb? You know, before used to be a tweep if you were somebody who used Twitter. Now what are you an X? Like, it's so confusing. How long is too long to be engaged? And some people were calling in and they were saying three months is too long to be engaged. Once you engage, you get married very quickly. I'm like, no, <laughs> you should get married like three years after getting engaged. That's my take on it. Like, still take your time. What are we rushing to? <laughs> like Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: My next level line with the podcast. Teach you listen, cause I got okay. class. Level line with the impact. You right. be live, that's a real fact. Come let me, teach you with us. Yeah, me, teach you with us. Level line with the tweets.
1: Follow me back to my nest.
0: Welcome to the Lebu Lion Show. I'm your host, Lebu Lion, and here we talk all things marketing, branding, business mindset, and sometimes pop culture. Now, before we get into today's conversation that I think a lot of us have been waiting for because Twitter has been asking me to have this conversation, we need to do what we always do here, which is pay the bills. So let's like, share, comment, subscribe, do all the things that help our tribe grow, that help people Engage with us and that actually help us spread our footprint and get the world to hear the messaging that we have to share on this podcast. Now, today's topic is really special because it's about the platform that started my online career and that gave rise to me being Line SA. So I can't wait to talk about it. And remember guys, when we comment on this platform, we have to keep it kind, you know, be factual, be kind to the next person and make sure that you're doing it with love because we're here to learn, we're here to grow, we're not here to tear each other down. They do that on other podcasts but not here, my darlings. So let's just keep that in mind. So if you haven't guessed already, or if you haven't been following me for the past couple of years, today we are talking about Elon Musk's Musk's Platform X. And I think it's really funny that It coincided with the time that Julius Malema called Elon Musk Alien Musk for various political reasons that we might go into, but I'm not too sure because I don't really like talking about politics. But basically, our lovely friend, depending on which side of the fence you sit on, Elon Musk or Elon Musk, if you're South South African, has rebranded our beloved Twitter app and has called it the X. App or the X social media platform or X.com depending on how you look at it. And a lot of people are not happy with this change. Some people have you know comments and opinions but they're not really holding water. Then you've got the experts who are really going in on it and saying why they think it's a good idea or why they think it's a bad idea. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. As I was doing my research about X and how it became X, it was so interesting to see how people have actually created a story of how Elon Musk over the years has told us about how he loves the word or the letter X and how he's incorporated into all of his businesses. So for example, he's got SpaceX, which is his company that's launching rockets into space and that's involved in all the space missions that a lot of these tech founders are trying to be in. His son's name is like X something something. It's like some formula or something like that, and they call him X for short, which I think was is really interesting. And then there are also other companies. So we all know that Elon Musk is the founder of PayPal. And before PayPal, was PayPal. It was actually X.com. So it's really interesting that this letter X has followed him through the times and through his career. And he's also had tweets. They've cited tweets where he said X is a very significant letter for me, and I'm going to name the things that I own with that letter. So this is not a mistake. And he's even announced that he was going to rebrand Twitter at some point, but we just didn't foresee that he'd call it X. So why is he calling it X and not leaving it as the bluebird, the Twitter bird that we've all come to know and love? Basically, what they're doing by calling Twitter X instead of Twitter is that they want to take it away from being an app where people connect and share ideas to an everything app. That's what Elon Musk calls it. It's an everything app. So it's going to be about long-form and short-form video sharing, lots, a lot more community engagement, photo sharing, and all these other kinds of plugins and functionalities that Twitter never had before, but I think the most significant part of this entire rebrand is that they want to make X a marketplace, which means they want to include a lot of fintech into the app. They want to make it a platform where people can actually pay for things, where money can move. So it's no longer just an app for connecting, but it's actually a marketplace with commercial value, money moving in and out of it, almost like making it its own economy. That is the vision for the X app. So he believes that X is infinite. It represents so many more things than a little bluebird that was just symbolizing connection. And of course, a lot of people are going to be mad about this because... We've known the bluebird for over 15 years, right? And it's become part of pop culture. And you know, once people will use the name of a product or a service and they make it a verb for pop culture, then you know that that thing has been ingrained into society and forms part of the way we live and we breathe. And so it is not surprising that people would be shocked and possibly upset by the rebrand, but we all know that change happens and change is quite normal. In fact, I was on Elon's or Alien's should we call him Alien or Elon? I don't know. Uh, but I was on his Twitter page, I think, the day after they announced X. And I just want to go on to it very quickly to share all the companies that he posted about who he said are really prominent right now but they had different names in the past and you know i think it's important from my perspective that when new leadership comes into a company that that also comes with a big change in terms of how the brand shows up and exists because if you don't remove the old legacy then you You almost have to run the company within the legacy of the company that you've bought. And that doesn't always encompass the new leadership and its values, you know. I've also seen on Twitter people talking about how Elon was really upset when he got to Twitter that everything had the bluebird and everything was about the birds, you know. So he really wanted to take away all of those little touch points of the culture in Twitter. And that's why he completely renamed it. Funnily enough, Jack Dorsey, who used to be the ex-owner of Twitter doesn't see anything wrong with the rebrand. In fact, he doesn't seem to care that much. And he almost advocates for a rebrand. So it's interesting that somebody who had such a big stake in the company also says it makes sense that Elon would want to rebrand. But I want to go to his Twitter page very quickly. And you know, guys, the weird thing is that Elon tweets a lot. And the other day I was on X and I asked everybody, if you are... Xing, like what do we call it when you write on X? Is it an X? Is it Xing? And then if you repost, what is that? Is it just a repost? What are we calling the new things? What is the verb? You know, before it used to be a tweet if you were somebody who used Twitter. Now, what are you an X? Like it's so confusing. And people have been, you know, talking about what they think it will be. So let me just go to his Twitter. So we've got companies like Amazon which was previously called Kadabra. Best Buy was called Sound of Music. Um, eBay was called Auction Web. Facebook was, of course, called or is called Meta. So Meta was called Facebook. Backrub is actually now Google. Imagine if you had to backrub things instead of Googling them. You know, so it's quite interesting when you see the name changes and how they actually work over time. Instagram used to be called Bourbon. Random. And you actually spell it B-U-R-B-N. Netflix used to be called Kibble. Nike used to be called Blue Ribbon Sports. Imagine if you were wearing a Blue Ribbon Sports. That is so uncool. I think Nike is one of the best rebrands of all time. Pepsi used to be called Brad's Drink. Random. Playboy used to be called Stag Party. 7-Eleven used to be called Totem Stores. And Snapchat used to be called Peekaboo. So I think it's so interesting when you look at things in retrospect and you see how they work, you know, because a lot of the time people believe that the name gives something value. But I'm of... The, the school that when you create something valuable, the name becomes something valuable. So if you put Label Lion on just a random shoe, it might not mean anything, but because I've given that name value, it could mean something now to somebody who's buying it. So I always welcome rebrands and name changes, like I said, especially when there is new leadership because you have to show the ethos of that leadership in the name. And it's also interesting for me that Elon Musk has taken a bold stand and said, we want to add fintech into the ecosystem of X, because that makes it not only a social media app, but a marketplace. And we have to understand that where money moves, that's where power goes. And it changes the dynamics of, matters on the platform, how do they use it, what do we do on the platform, and the longevity of the platform. Most of the time, if money is moving somewhere, it's got a high likelihood of maintaining its existence for a longer period of time. So far, we haven't seen the decline of fintech when it is based around community. So for me, this is a really ballsy move, and I think it's very brave, and we're going to be seeing a lot more social media platforms taking a much braver Understand when it comes to how they do things. I mean, we're even seeing it with Instagram. Instagram is allowing you to facilitate payments. Inst- Instagram is allowing creators from some parts of the world to monetize, right? We've seen that the reason why YouTube is such a powerful app is not just because we share videos. I don't think that's the real case because then all these other social media apps would be just as relevant. But I think it's because the creators get to monetize. So this also begs to question the relevance of the creator economy and how it's growing st- steadily in relevance, but also in strength in terms of how tech people create apps and communities moving forward. I've also found some really interesting things, and I I honestly have to read these things because I know that there'll be that one person who said, you said green instead of blue, and then they invalidate my entire argument because I said that. So some people are saying that The X app is very harsh and they believe that that's going to take away the social element of it. So they're saying it's got a big brother type appeal, you know, like somebody's looking over you instead of the cuddly, soft blue bird that made you feel like you could just participate because it was not intimidating and it was easy to engage with. I, because I'm a little bit of a, a techie and I believe in taking a real stand, I like the X. It's just hard to wrap your mind around it because you have to change your language. You have to change what you're looking for when you look on your phone. Like for a long time, I've been looking for the blue bird, And then I realized, oh, it's an X now. It's a black X. He didn't even try to make it pretty and cute like all these other apps, blue, red, pink. He was like, no, we're taking over black X. To me, this is like the future of tech. So I'm very excited about X, but I know a lot of people aren't. So I'm just going to read you what Jack Dorsey said about this whole Twitter thing, because I think it's very interesting that as the ex-CEO, he's he's really not that phase by bite So he says, while a rebrand is not essential to achieving Musk's vision, there is an argument for it. The Twitter brand carries a lot of baggage, but all that matters is the utility it provides, not the name. So basically, going back to the argument that I said, it's about what Twitter's being used for, what is its real value. It's not about what the name is. Once it has value for the consumer, they will adapt to the name, you know? And that's what I believe about naming. And I think that's a a lesson we can take when when we think about how we're naming our companies or our brands. Too many people spend too much time thinking of a name for their business. And the name doesn't really matter, because in the beginning, you're using that name to trade, you're using that name to create some kind of identity for your company. But as you create more value for your company, as you make more money in your company, it evolves differently. And that's when I think you can start to really dig into the ethos of what your company is, and then create a name that matches how it works. You know, I was I think I had another video podcast a a few episodes ago where I was talking about how we create products, but we're never, really that sure of how people are going to use the product until they use it. And a lot of the time what companies realize is that what they find is that when they create a product and then take it to market, consumers usually use the product differently to what it was intended for. And then that's when companies actually say, no, maybe our name should be this. Maybe our slogan should be this. Maybe we should rebrand like this. Maybe these are the new elements we should be adding to the app. And I know in last week's episode, I think, or tomorrow's episode, I'm not too sure, uh, we were talking about Thread with Oros and BA Pusher. And it was so interesting how people were excited about, oh, Thread is coming. It's a real competitor to Twitter. And I think that's why the rebrand is also such an important thing because they can no longer be a competitor To X in the way that they would compete with Twitter. Because it is not Twitter. (laughs) It's bigger than Twitter, you know? And I think if you're looking retrospectively, you could even say, then maybe Meta, you know, shot themselves in the foot trying to create a competitor to Twitter because Twitter no longer exists. So what are they really creating and what is it for? I still don't believe in threads as an app. I don't get it. And the reason why I'm going to say this is because if it is supposed to be a direct competitor to Twitter, I don't care if they say it's not, guys, it looks like Twitter, (laughs) okay? There's a reason why it's called threads. The term threads comes from Twitter. (laughs) So definitely there is some competition to Twitter. And for me, it doesn't make sense because the Instagram user is not a Twitter user. Or the person who would be relevant on Instagram isn't necessarily relevant on Twitter and vice versa. Both platforms call for different kinds of individuals because the content is different. You, if you're outspoken, if you have opinions, if you love to write, Twitter's for you. If you're about pretense, if you want to post pictures and you know that kind of thing, you're going to be on Instagram. Now the problem is Threads is migrating Instagram users to Threads. And they're taking people who only know how to really communicate in visuals to come and start talking and typing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, it's supposed to be a sharing app, but nobody's even reposting. I never see people reposting on threads. People just like and comment underneath. It's so weird for me. There isn't a lot of interaction for me. There isn't a lot of engagement. I don't think people are actually using the platform. If you weren't supposed to repost, they wouldn't have the repost symbol. You're supposed to repost. That's the point. You're sharing information and sharing stories. But a lot of people are just kind of posting as if they're on a pedestal and saying, guys, look at what I think or look at what I'm doing. And that's it. That's what Threads is doing for me. And I don't think it was supposed to do that. People aren't even posting threads. And when they do, nobody's reading (laughs) because people on Instagram don't really read. They find captions on Google and then they post them as their captions. Or oh, they put potatoes, flowers, butterflies. That's what they do. They put emojis. It's not an app for people who have something to say with words. So I don't see how Threads could actually be an app that's commercially viable or that makes sense without it changing its form. So it's utility. I don't see how it could be valuable without changing into maybe a, 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 a picture sharing app where the pictures disappear after one minute or something in that way, but I don't think words make sense on threads because it migrates people from Instagram, not from Twitter. Anybody who's really winning on Twitter is not trying to win on threads because there's no value on threads yet. There's literally no value on threads. So that's my two cents about threads. I'm still not a fan of it. I don't think it's a pioneering platform, but if they change how they do things, I think I might be more interested in it, but I'm ready to delete it. It reminds me of, you remember that that audio platform That wouldn't allow Samsung users to use the Android users.
3: The blue one. I forgot. Uh, MySpace.
0: Not MySpace. It's like current. It's last year, two years ago. There was like an audio thing and people would log on and have like conversations. It was like radio. And it was a very big deal because you could only get into it if they let you in, like if somebody referred you. Hmm. Guys, you don't remember that platform. I guess it didn't, last two, 20, it, didn't. It, it lasted it was cool for like a year or two years Yeah, no, I and guess. remember because twitter came out with those audios where you could like post audio yeah and then there was an actual platform where that's all you do nah. i forgot the name but you couldn't get it on samsung's until like six months or something into its existence on androids Oh, my God, guys, if you remember that, please share the name (laughs) underneath. But there was a platform like that, and where is it now? There was literally a point when it started, it was very big, and then it just disappeared. It's not mine, so. No, that's old. It's like two years ago, three years ago. Nah, I I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so I see Threads as that app. You see, we don't even remember it. It's just, it's not memorable. I don't like things that try to copy one element of something bigger than that thing. You know, Twitter is bigger than the threads. It's a whole community of trending topics. It's people talking. It's it's so much. It's not just threads. The threads matter because of everything else, not the other way around. So when you strip it away and just make it threads, you're almost removing most of the value. So I don't like threads, but we'll see what the future holds. It's still a young business. that hasn't been around for long. So we'll see what happens there. Guys, do you have any comments about x our new platform x yeah say something (laughs) and we're instagram people i love it
1: so personally i feel like um it died out really quickly the hype was like a week of hype for threads. For threads. Yeah. It was a week of, and I think the hype was built around the fact that it's a competitor to Twitter mm. because Elon and who's the other brood? Yeah, were, they were beefing. Apparently, they were gonna have a fight even. Yes. Yeah. Elon. Yeah. So I feel like it was built off spite and to and 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 it, in statistics it it gathered more people than Twitter in a day. I think it was ten million users it in did. a day. Yeah. But I feel like people were excited to see what it's about and what what is it, what, what is Threads? Want to see what it is? Yes. But no one is not not now. No one is really talking about it. No one saying anything about Threads. Mm. No one is. People are back on Twitter. <laughs> you people know, never and, left Twitter. And the and the chat was and it's from, gonna overthrow Twitter. The chat was it's gonna overthrow Twitter. Yeah. Because it, it's it's similar to Twitter, mm-hmm. in in terms of the the way it looks, in terms of the the way it's built. Yeah. But it's just gone. It's gone now.
0: It's gone. Because it, it, to me, it doesn't have half the things that Twitter has that make it valuable. you know. And it's so interesting because people will say that because so many important people, stakeholders, left Twitter, it means what indicates that Twitter has no value. And for me, I think a platform's value is based on the users, not on the investors. I think when a platform has a really strong user base and evangelists, it can stand the test of time more than investors because investors don't use the things they invest in. They're just putting money in there because they can get return. Return is created by people using something. So I don't think those people who left, the stakeholders who left, left because Twitter's irrelevant. I think they left for their own personal reasons with Elon Musk. You know, so there is a debate about whether he is the right founder for X. I think he's the right founder. I think he is modeling what it looks like to be genuinely disruptive. I think he's modeling what it looks like to be a leader because leaders do unpopular things first. And then when it works, everybody follows. So for me, that's what Elon Musk represents. I'm not going to talk about all that political stuff because it's got nothing to do with me. Sia, do you have something to say? Uh, not
2: really. But I'm I'm still on Twitter. Uh, yeah. X. yeah, he's still you know, on like X. Like, I'm still there. Yeah. And I just feel like the whole Threads thing is, like, prime, you know? It's like that energy drink thing. The hype is just like... He says Threads
0: is like prime energy drink. Yeah,
2: it's like... Woo! Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah.
0: Just, yeah. The hype is and not I worth it. So, mm. yeah. I ain't So,
2: yeah. I still don't have a Threads account.
0: You don't need it. There's nothing going on there. Right. It's just taking up space. For me, it just takes up space on my phone. I'm not enjoying it. Jake? Jake's on Uh, Facebook. Yeah, (laughs) Jacob's on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Jesus, it's really out of order in this place. Um, Yeah, I think we're good there with the Twitter conversation. At the end of the day, all you have to do is Google. There's a lot of information online about what Mark Zucker, Elon Musk is doing and how people feel about it. I think it's good that there's speculation. I think it means that there are lots of eyes on what he does, which means as a human being, he's also got a lot of social value. And for me, I would invest in a founder who has a lot of social value because he can also influence the growth and the investment into his platform by how he does things. Some people say that's risky. I like risk, so I would definitely invest in that. But we don't all have the same appetite for things, you know. An app that I think needs real competition is Instagram. Like, save us, please. (laughs) Not all of us like Instagram. I'm one of those people. It's a really difficult platform because I feel that the superficial nature of it makes it hard for you to truly connect with people you know so if you if you like being admired and looked at and you let the voyeurs just watch you it's great but if you're somebody who really likes connection i think instagram is a very strange platform still love tiktok love twitter But uh, no, Instagram is not really for me. I see the value. I just don't enjoy using it as much as the other platforms. Okie dokie. So I promised that we would also talk about relationships in today's podcast, mainly because I think it's been quite a long year so far. I know my brain is fried as I'm sitting now, I literally have to prepare for about six keynotes at different corporates, and I'm really going into deep conversations about how to formulate strategies for the next year, how they can model their organisations differently, and I'm talking about listed companies. So I'm not talking about like a small company that takes me two two minutes or five minutes to think of. These are very very big stakes. So my ma- my mind is it's exhausted, but also I think for most people, I've just seen a, a decline in energy levels, in enthusiasm. People are over it. You know, we need to re-energize. And I know the conversations that energize people are usually relationships. Why? Because Mjolo is unavoidable. At one point or another, you've, you've had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner, and you you might break up with them, but you're still going to want another one because nobody wants to spend life alone. And the person who inspired the conversation about umjalo, outside of the team is actually Lebu M. You know, that guy's had more divorces than people have had. I don't even know what, because he's just like, he's a professional divorcee. That's what Label M is. No shade to him. I love that he did the Lion King, you know, big ups to him. He's done a really great job. I'm starting to sound like Musa Ka- Kaula for saying that. <laughs> but he really is a serial divorcee and it's not necessarily something I would regularly talk about, but because we want to use it to frame our conversation about relationships, we can do it, right? When I first saw the articles about how many divorces Lebu M has had, it actually made me think of entrepreneurship and the fact that when you're an entrepreneur, you might find yourself changing your career or changing your business 10, 20 times, you know. There's so many famous founders who had to do many businesses before they got to the one that they that made them really successful. So maybe that's what Lebu Em was doing. He's marrying people to find the right wife, you know. And some people are saying, why should he get married? Why doesn't he just date? Because <laughs> most of these marriages don't even last a year. So people are like, so why why is this man getting married? He should just be dating, breaking up, dating, breaking up. But I've also heard from older people that they feel that after a certain age, you know when you like someone very quickly like within a month you know and within a couple of months you know that you want to marry them and you get married because you believe in love and you shouldn't you know hold on to the concept of what if it fails what if we get divorced you should just embrace it all and yeah I don't know about that you know as a millennial and somebody who believes that relationships are very special things I say take your time you know take your time mm-hmm. dating take your time getting to know somebody Put them in your life, but don't marry them because marriage is expensive and divorce is even more expensive and the economy is not doing so well. <laughs> so like, why would you just want to keep getting in and out of like marriage? It makes no sense to me. You know, for me, it's just it doesn't make any sense. You know, maybe I'm a liberal millennial. I don't know, but I'd rather just date you and then we go our separate ways, you know, get my stuff from your house and we, we, we keep it moving But some people don't believe in that. In fact, I was listening to Metro FM this morning, which is so strange. And they were talking about how long is too long to be engaged. And some people were calling in and they were saying three months is too long to be engaged. Once you engage, you get married very quickly. I'm like, no, <laughs> you should get married like three years after getting engaged. That's my take on it. Like still take your time. What are we rushing to? <laughs> like <laughs> this is what I want to understand. Where are we going? Where are we rushing to? Because whether yes. you're married to me, three years makes sense. Uh, to be engaged.
2: Uh, oh,
0: ah. ah yeah. <laughs> yeah, I live. I three years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
3: So I like,
2: know like, three, ah, three, three years live.
3: Three years That's guys.
0: So so in that three years we are
3: engaged since
0: then. Uh, How? What were we doing before we were engaged? Yeah, we we
3: were now we are here. We must get married. Not that we must rush to get married. Yeah.
0: But you. I know yes. three years. Yes, guys, three years.
3: Like, oh, oh. <laughs> ah, <what is> this <laughs> okay, look. Ah, let no. me put it this so way. When, I, goodness, sorry, yeah. Come, yeah. But yeah. Honestly, Personally, I felt like three years like is a long time to be engaged. Yeah. I mean we've dated. Yeah. Right? Let's say we've dated for four years. Now we are gonna engage for another three years. So that why don't we treat that four years as some sort of in like we were, you know, like we're getting to know each other. Yeah. So then six months to a year, it's for me, I think
0: engagement like it's fine. Let's be realistic. Okay. What are the chances that if you find the person you want to marry, that you have the finances to have a real wedding? What's
1: a real wedding?
0: But whatever but, wedding wait, you wait. want. So a real wedding is whatever wedding you want to have. a young goat. Guys, is that a real wedding? Just to have a young uh, goat.
2: A young coat and seventy-five run home affairs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, that's, that, this is why we, we waited two years. So, so no, nice.
3: but but okay. <laughs> okay. No, I mean look, you get couples where okay, we sit down, we talk, we agree, like, you know what, let's not do this whole hoo ha thing. We love each other. We want to grow together. Let's go to Home Affairs. 75 Randers, CSA, we sign. Then whatever money we have, we could either use it on a honeymoon or actually invest in the house, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like if we say now... Can't you, don't we talk in a relationship to say, if now I'm going to engage you, meaning that I have the finances to give you a dream wedding. That's my opinion.
0: <laughs> so when you engage a lady, you're saying I've got the money to give her a wedding.
3: Yeah, and that, you know, there's still money to sustain us. I'm not coming out of the clouds and say okay, yeah, I love you, let's get married, it won't work like that. What I would like, especially as you say, like in this economy, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work like that. I feel like if you're saying that you want to get married, you must be intentional and say, "I." there's this, actually a friend of mine who was saying at their church, when a guy says he wants to marry the the girl, they said, okay, show us your finances. Whoa. Because we need to be sure that you'll take care of this lady. You can't just take it out of her comfort, her home and everything like that, then she must come and start with you. Yes, you must start somewhere, but doesn't mean that you must start now Ungana next. So them to see your finances, is not really just to see if you have money, but just to see that you can sustain this. person. And I was like, actually that's not a bad idea. Because sometimes also men, we're not honest with our finances. You know, we like to hide and put on this whole front. Then shem mm. labua to haga when? Exactly. Yeah. So that's
0: well, my I mean look then how long do you date if that's the case? Because if you are dating somebody and you only engage them when you have the finances, how long are you guys dating?
3: me personally ah, w- me oh, generally okay Do you guys wanna answer? how
0: long because what is the what are the chances that the average man has the money to give you the wedding you want when you guys are under the age of 28 let's say why, like, in hmm? why is he chart? a good question in the first place why are you getting married why? Why? But but, you already how? Financially? But you, but you see... So, we, so you're w- saying... Let's oh. say somebody wants to get married at 25. Yeah. You're saying by that time they would have had... accumulated whatever they think they need to, to marry the girl.
2: If they do everything right, yeah.
0: Yes. Who's doing everything right? The guy. No, but like in life, who's doing everything right? Life is tricky. True. Life is tricky, and the economy is not what it used to be. At twenty-five, the average person doesn't even have money to buy a car. Yeah.
2: You see, now I'm the guy where before I get something right, I need to fail. I see myself going through divorces. <laughs> I can get warning Yeah. You know, so for me, I've hopped in and out of relationships, which I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because maybe I'm teaching myself something that when things hit the fan, I Mm-hmm. I leave. You yes, know? I don't know if whether that's a good or a bad thing. But also, with regards to marriage, ah, let's date until until.
0: Let's date until until. So yeah. you're not pro marriage. No, you're because just
2: like... because there are no advantages for a man when it comes <gasps> to marriage.
0: Oh my God, Sia just said something so naughty. He says there are no advantages for a man in marriage. Hi guys. Yeah. Hi. Did you hear what Sia said?
2: Especially when shit hits the fan. Sorry for that. There are no
0: advantages for men in marriage. Name them. Name name three advantages for men. Name three. Children. Yes. But you also. No, no, you also. Yes. No, I wasn't going to have them. How would I have kids regardless?
1: No, but that's not an advantage for me. It's an
0: advantage because they take your surname, they're giving you a legacy as as the man.
1: Jacob is always on the level side. uh, No,
0: it's (laughs) not there. Okay. Who whose legacy are the kids carrying? It's the man's. Uh, uh, oh, because because no, no, <laughs> no. <Nah>. Exactly. So <laughs> your your family is the one that's growing in value, and that's a very big deal. But also, you know, I think that's one of the challenges I've seen with a lot of pop culture conversations about marriage and relationships. That what do you bring to the table? Conversation, and I think it's to the detriment of a lot of young men, because. They're not at the age yet where they can understand what value women inherently have. And because of that, they're not able to help women exist in a state where they can also appreciate the value a man has. Mm. That's what I believe. And I'm not saying that it's that's the case for mo- all women and men, but I think it's the case for most of us. And that's why we're always at war with each other instead of understanding that we actually need each other. But it's not... Woman kneels down for man, man is king, everything is happy. No, it's like man treats woman like queen. Woman goes, oh, I have to be a queen. That means I need to be with a king. So I need to treat this person like a king because they treat me like a queen. And I'm not saying this stuff conceptually. In the healthiest relationships I've had, men have taught me to be a better version of myself. So they would say to me, you're doing this. No, but you're better than this. Do this. And then I'd get better. And I'd be like, oh, my God, this man knows what he's talking about. Is he older than and then you? No, it, it had nothing to do with the age because I, I date guys around my age. Oh. So it's usually two, three-year difference, whether they're younger or older. And it was always like that. They'd always bring value to my life where I had to level up or rise up to the occasion. And then I'd be like, oh, my goodness. I actually didn't know that I was playing small in this area. And by them showing me that about myself... I had to, I learned to have respect for them. And it made me go, Well, this is not someone I can play with. They see my value. So I need to also appreciate their value. You know, it wasn't because I was leading that person with an ego. It's just as a woman, I think we're taught to protect ourselves. And you you only let men in who show you that they're worthy of being in your softness. But if they're not, you're going to be hard with them. <laughs> you know, you're going to be like, ah, I don't want you here. Oh, man must pay. But once you go, actually, my space is sacred. I only allow people who can value this into my life. Then there are many men you're just going to say no to, and you don't actually care who they are, what money they have. It just doesn't matter. So for me, I don't like the whole, what do you bring to the table conversation. I think it's it reduces our relationships to being purely transactional. But it is. It's not. Oh my god, guys! Let it me is. tell you. See, it is. It's having. I think you guys say what Koisha, in dollar Like he's just having the worst time <laughs> in relationships. <laughs> so he's saying that relationships are transactional. But like I think this is his season of going through really hard <laughs> relationships. Tra- tra- transactional. What relationships? Yes, Aren't they? No, I think they're beneficial. I wouldn't call them transactional. You know, so I think if you date the right person, you both benefit from being with each other. That's, that's a transaction. No, that's not transaction. No, no, no. It's a, it's a transaction. It's beneficial. There's a difference. Transactions is, are what people do in business. Benefits are what you, people inherently have and what you get from another person. That's what I believe. I think the words we use change the nature of what we are doing, right? Because people, no one does anything For just for others, everything you do is selfish as a human being. So you're not going to be friends with someone unless they make you feel good, unless you gain something from them. You get what I'm trying to say. And I believe that we're all seeking what's beneficial for us.
2: Have you always had this mindset?
0: Yes, because I'm a millennial, and we didn't grow up with like sugar daddies, really. Like it wasn't a big thing. And if they existed, you had to be like ashamed of it. So, we were taught, you find a guy, you like him, you build with him, you know. And also, I come from a household where both my parents, they're married. They're married to each other. They've been married to each other since I've been born. Um, So, I only know, I mainly know, not only, but I mainly know people who've been together their entire lives. You You see what I'm I'm saying? Now,
2: what I'm dealing with, number one, is... I'm sorry, but it's women that come from broken families. Number one, okay, which is a problem. Uh-huh. And then I am dealing with the opposite of what you're saying every single day. Whether it uh-huh. be on this phone, in person, every day. <laughs> I wish day.
0: you guys could see her face. Oh my God! Shame. I can see. What's about you? Are very disappointed. look. There's a theory that says we attract what we are and not what we want to be. So if you are attracting men who are a certain way, it's because you are that way too, right? Like we, we, we literally, we seek in other people what we're comfortable with accepting for ourselves. If you believe that you're not worthy of a certain kind of life, you're going to accept the guy who gives you a life you don't want. If you believe you're not worthy of a certain kind of love, like you don't think you need a man who hugs you and affirms you and says you're beautiful, you're going to seek the guy who doesn't do that those things. Mm-hmm. The same with men. South yes, sure. I, I'm very sure that I live in South Africa. <laughs> Why wouldn't I live in South Africa? Look
2: around
0: you. Yes, you see that's the thing, and I'm so glad you're saying this because a lot of people will say, "Oh well, she had parents or still married, <laughs> guys." <laughs> A lot of us who come from homes with both parents, it doesn't mean that all we see are like the Huxtables. It's not all roses, right? Ugbegezela is a thing. A lot of black parents especially stay together even when they're not happy with each other. So you find that kids who come from two-parent households actually have a lot of trauma. And out of a lot of us, we are taught to stay in things we don't want to be in because we see our parents doing that. So it's not always so lovely when we say, oh, parents stay together. It's actually, there's a lot of trauma for a lot of people who have two-parent households. But I think for me, I went to therapy. First of all, I go to therapy. And I'm friends with my dad. And for a girl child to be friends with their dad means she can reshape how she sees men in life, which changes a lot of things, right? But it's also a choice that I have to make because we can, I mean, I have a sister. We have the same dad, but we have different views on men. So it's a, it's a choice that you make as an individual to say, I choose to see good, and I'm going to look for the good. <laughs> there's a lot of nonsense. I mean, I'm literally releasing an episode, or I've released an episode about uh, rape in this country, you know? So there's a lot of, like, stuff we can look at and be like, oh, my God, South African men are so terrible. But I've also made a lot of great ones. And I've also made people who, when I decide to level up, they're there for me, and we can go far. You know, both can exist in the same space. I think a lot of people are just focusing on the toxic ones, and they don't want to do the work of finding the healthy people because the healthy people never come in the packages that we want or that we like. They come in other packages, and because they're what you need, it's, they're harder to access. You're going to have to do more, you know, and then you're like, oh, the work to do this is too much, so let me go to the one that's easy. Then you go to the toxic people who validate the negative stereotypes you have. That's what I believe. So basically, with this whole relationship conversation, I think what I can take away from it is that it really is very challenging to establish relationships with people. And the younger you are, the harder it is to navigate because you're still finding yourself and you're still building yourself. So you don't know who you can connect with, who you can be vulnerable enough to say, I'm giving you the little that I have, and I'm hoping you'll do the most with it, you know? And I think the older you get, I mean, now that I'm in my early 30s, I don't hold on to the things I give so much because I've got more to give. So it's easy for me to date someone for three months and then say, it's not working for me and move on. But when I was younger, I couldn't do that because I felt like I was giving more. And so it it felt hard to let go. But I also had a different perspective in the sense of my own self-worth and it's changed now. So now that I'm in a space where I'm like, you know what? I only want to be in places where I feel good. I want to be in places where I grow. And I don't have time to be wasting with people who like don't fill me. I'm going to leave. It's much easier just to leave, to be honest with you. It's much easier to say what I want. And I find that that's why I can say what I'm saying now about relationships. But it is a, it is a complicated conversation. And I just... Urge everybody who's watching to be open to the idea of love because life really is much better when you are loved and when you are giving love to another person. Anywho, I think we should end it here because it's been a heavy, heavy conversation. And I can't wait to see your comments in the comments section. Let me know, have you been successful in Umjolo? Or has it been a landmine? Has it been World War Three for you? Are you completely over the other gender and you will never, ever, 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 ever date again? Let me know in the comments section below. And I think, in fact, we're, going, we're probably going to try to get a relationship expert in at some point to talk about relationships with us because I think it's a conversation we really need to have. Our relationships define who we are. They define our lives. They define the trajectory we take. They're really important in, in building who we are and who we become. So so we definitely need to have these conversations more often. Until I see you next time, don't forget to follow us on all the social media platforms at label Line underscore SA or at the label Line show. And don't forget, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time.
2: Me back to my nest. Never lie with the podcast. Uh-huh. Teach you lessons because I got okay. class. Never lie with the impact. Right. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me,
1: teach you with less. Yeah. Come let me, teach you with less.